Hey everybody, what's happening? It's that time again. Dads, dudes, and coaches coming to you from our studio here in Westchester. I'm sitting next to my co-host, Senior Bradley Olson. It's been a couple weeks, I think, since we uh, last spoke with Coach Ben Foster. And you went on a little business trip. Did I hear that right? First one in two years. It was kind of fun. (laughs) That's amazing. Saw a lot of people I haven't seen in a long time. Good for you. It was good. With your company. Yeah. That's awesome. We are back at it. And we got to remind everybody, if they got a comment, a suggestion, a topic, please DM SC Trojan Brad or Jeff LaConte Tennis. Give us some input. Let us know what you want to hear. Suggestion, topic, anything. Take us away on the headlines because we got an awesome topic tonight over coaching. And I know you want to do headlines. So these are really quick. Super quick. Today is May 4th. Yes. May the 4th be with you. It's Star Wars Day. (laughs) What's your favorite Star Wars movie? Oh, gosh. On the spot. I I (laughs) mean, the original. Really? That's second place for me. Did you see the last one? Rise of Skywalker? I felt like it dragged on. But the ending it was, was cool. It the was ending, cool. The ending like, was really, cool. was really yeah. awesome. Yeah. And therefore, it was my favorite one. Uh, I like <laughs> the original. Recency the... bias. So recency <laughs> bias. That's the problem. <laughs> sure. Second headline, easy one, Kentucky Derby is on Saturday. Mm. Mm-hmm. For the seven listeners out there today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the favorite Come on. Why do, you, why do you always throw some hate on us? We have a lot more listeners than you think and worldwide. Okay, come out of your little nutshell over there and whatever town you are in in Westchester. The, the favorites are, I'm going to mess this up, maybe Zendon, Epicenter. I have no idea. Okay. And my favorite Saturday Night Live fake representative from New York <laughs> likes Messier at 7 to 1. Oh. I don't know. Is Gronk's, nice Gronk's horse in there? We've got a Gronkowski. Those are the favorites. I'm not going right. to lean all. There's like 20 Horses, Gronk, probably. Gronk's horse. But is here's my the favorite? question. Here's the question. All right. Who or which horse has the fastest time ever in the Kentucky Derby? Oh boy. Gosh, you and these trivia questions. Um starts with an S. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. Uh Secretariat. Yes. Yes. Did you ever watch the movie Secretariat? I did not. Okay. Uh this weekend, watch yeah, it with okay. your, your your kids. All right. It's awesome. Okay. My I kids that. literally will watch that movie 10 days in a row PG? if we had to. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll but it's d- a uh, yeah. true story. Yeah. The real owner shows up at the end. You don't know it until like you, they show oh, that's it in, cool. in the credits. But a cameo I mean, in the movie? <clears throat> yeah. Oh, nice. Like Hitchcock. <laughs> I guess. But oh, okay. All right. the crazy thing is Secretariat also has the fastest times ever in the Preakness and the Belmont Stakes. Impressive. It's literally the fastest horse of all time. Yeah, impressive. I know nothing about horse racing, horses. You, I know it's this Saturday. I know it's like at 5 o'clock. You wear a cool hat. Yeah, you, you, you drink, dress up. Drink, mint juleps. Mint, mint juleps. Which are delicious. And I can make a good mint julep. I just don't really follow horse racing. I try to involve the kids in the, yeah. the fun horses. Yeah, it's, yeah. And but we're gonna be at a soccer game this oh, weekend actually. All right. But all right, it's kind of a bummer missing. The so you gotta dress every... up and watch it on your phone. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, come around the field with your mint juleps. So, anyway, <laughs> Secretary is known for the Belmont Stakes, and I assume you don't know why. So watch the movie. For the Triple and then, Crown, I would imagine. N- no, no, you don't know. So <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna ruin it for okay. you. 
All right, cool. Yeah. It's a sham that you don't know that. Oh, come and on. And that was a it. plug. I'm a racket guy. That will make sense when you watch the movie. Okay. Okay, that's it. All right. All right. I got the I got a headline here for you. If you have not heard in the sports world in this area in New York, there has been the first female player to start a major league, well, a professional baseball game. Her name is if I have it right, Kelsey Whitmore. So awesome. she is on the Staten Island Ferry Hawks, which is here in New York. And last Sunday, she made history by being that first female player to start a professional baseball she game batted in the ninth, outfield. Batted yeah. ninth. Yeah. Has worked for this all of her life, playing That's with amazing. you know professional-level players. This is an independent league where uh, you might know more than me, but it sounds like they test things out. Uh, they do things. They're it's like an affiliate of Major League Baseball. Yeah. There's a lot of good players who came up in that organization. Yeah. I can't remember any of them offhand, but they'll like test new rules to see how effective they are, whether they work, That's whether really they cool. save time, yeah. you know, things yeah. like pitch clock. It's an and independent stuff like league. That. So I've never actually been to a Staten Island very, very high. I know. I neither have I, but it has but, inspired me to look at the schedule and start to think about cool. taking my daughters. There was a girl playing not softball. My daughter was playing softball the other day. This was two weeks ago. And there was a girl playing pitching for this boys team that was playing next to us, adjacent to us on the next field, right over. And I took my youngest daughter, who was we were both watching our oldest daughter, and I said, Look, oh my God, there, there's look at that girl. She is lights out like Throwing hardcore pitches, I was super impressed, uh, and I, uh, uh, it just took me aback. Like, wow, that's uh, that's uh, that's awesome. It'd you be know? crazy it's if so it inspirational. Was, if it was the same girl who's on my son's baseball team, she does travel baseball oh, wow. with the boys, and then she also Maybe. wants to have fun, so she Maybe. just does the regular wreck. Yeah, this was a wreck game, so it's probably not the same one. But it's really awesome to see. You know, I don't. Maybe. I treat her as a baseball player. That's yeah. it. I yeah. That's it. Yeah. D regardless so, of gender. It's so cool. So cool. I, it, it really inspirational to me because just two weeks ago or three weeks ago, you had a headline where the first manager for San Francisco, the Giants. Uh, first base coach. First base coach. Alyssa Mackin. Yeah. Yeah. Stuck with me. Love it. Love it. All right. That's the wrap on the headlines. And let's get into our, do you want to do the weekly W? So. Wisdom. Mm -hmm. Weekly wisdom is the yep. new Go for concept. Yep. <clears throat> but okay, so sorry. Wrong what's one. so funny? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, wrong one. <laughs> so yesterday, for those who don't know, Jeff is it my tennis coach. Ah, uh, yes. And my family's the tennis cat coach. Cat is out of the I hat. would say. <laughs> and for those who know me well know that I'm kind of a uh, perfectionist and. Really hard on myself. Oh, don't know. Not at all. Very high Not standards. at all. <laughs> what do you mean I can't play perfectly? I haven't touched a racket in six months. This is, <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was an interesting one. So, that was fun, though. I had a good time. So this, I came across this one, and I wanted to, you know, I think it's relevant a little bit for today's topic, too. And it says be an, Over -coaching. Be an encourager. Yeah. A Love study it. was done where participants were asked to stand in a bucket of ice for as long as they could. Only one thing enabled participants to stand in the bucket twice as long as everyone else. Encouragement. 
encouragement increases our pain tolerance. The brain perceives a four-to-one complement to criticism ratio as neutral. So that means like four compliments. Yes. To like, <laughs> or <clears throat> rather backwards. Anyway, to be considered a positive person, your compliment to criticism ratio. So I had it backwards. Yes. Your compliment okay. to criticism ratio needs to be at least five to one. Yes. Everyone needs encouragement. Lots of it. No one is exempt from needing a compliment. A good way to tell if someone needs encouragement is if they're breathing. It's everyone. <laughs> the right words at the right time can change everything about someone's day. And you get to be the one to say them, be an encourager. So That's awesome. you encouraged me to stop being so hard on myself yesterday because I wasn't doing one thing right and I was doing four things you were well. You were considering I hadn't done them in a while, but thank you for that. <laughs> made the lesson a lot more fun. Had to point out the fun. positive. <laughs> made the lesson made a lot it more fun. fun. Makes it fun, right? <laughs> exactly. I wasn't having any fun until that point because I was very disappointed in how I was playing. But I thought that was kind of relevant because today we're talking about overcoaching. Yes. So, can I tell you why this came up? Please, please, <clears throat> yes. Okay, so. I was a, I'm I'm an assistant coach on my son's 9, 10, 11 year old baseball team. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, when we're up, I coach third base. Wait, wait, wait. 9, 10, 11. Let's yeah. just take that in for a second. 9, 10, 11. Okay. So they're not in the professional. <laughs> they're, they're not, not in, high, in school. high school. They're this not in is college. Not travel, even if it was travel, whatever, same thing. Okay. Let's just remind ourselves where we are. So I'm coaching third, and a few feet away from me is the opposing coach. Not in the dugout, like between third and home base, like almost on the field. Wait, while his team's batting? No, his team's in the field. His team's in the field. Yeah. It's okay. But (laughs) his pitcher, and I was just thinking to myself, I can't believe I'm listening to this. This is, what is he doing? So he was... Not, not encouraging. I, I more describe it as shouting instructions at the pitcher. Okay. And not things like, you got this. <laughs> right. Or, right. Don't worry about it. You're doing great. Yep. It was focus on the catcher's mitt. Don't worry about the batter. Step to the plate. Keep your chest down. Keep your arm He was up. saying all this? Almost, I feel like I might be exaggerating, wow. but like okay. every other pitch or every, every yeah. pitch he would yeah. say something. Yeah. And then the frequency and then the, the kid would throw a strike and then the next one, a ball. And then he would just be more instructions, more instructions. And okay. Okay. I'm like, this is yeah. the kid is not going to be learning anything. He's it, he's overcoaching this kid right now because yeah. yeah, like that doesn't work for nine, 10, 11 year olds. It probably doesn't work for most athletes or being yeah. coached. Yeah. At some point you need to say, okay. You, we gave you the skills. Okay, listen. In practice, I it might be a little different. And and the reason this is during a game, during a match, right? You know when right. the lights are on, whatever. Right. That's when you have to pull back. In my opinion, and I think there's a lot of evidence out there that says you have to let them. You have to let them make mistakes. Yeah. You have to let them problem solve. You have yeah. to let them like get out of this. There's a life lesson in there somewhere. Like, 
you walk three guys in a row, bro. I'm not, I can't help you out there. Right. Right. And so when, or if I can interject or as a coach, as you see this happen, you understand you, right. Selfless. Uh, you take your ego out of it. This is all about the pitcher. Just go out there, make the kids smile. Give them a joke. Well, say you got this. I, I, I might. I say Do an icebreaker. I say one thing. That's it. But in that, like, let just remind that kid where he is. Be in the moment. Smile. Take it in. Like I get your. And this happened to my daughter while she was pitching. And the complete opposite occurred. And. The coach is a uh, is a local high school softball coach. She said nothing. Mm. Let her go through it. Guess what? She came off and she cried. Yeah. Guess what? Her one of her friends came over and did. Just totally poked her on the head. Made her laugh. Brought her back to reality. Like it's softball that at is ten years old. A, that is such an for anyone the who complete coaches, opposite for anyone of, who coaches any youth sports. They won't listen to us. But if they, someone <laughs> on their level, yeah. Comes to them yeah. and says, "Don't worry about it. Yeah, forget about it. Doesn't matter. We're gonna. We're we got you. We're gonna score six runs yeah. in the next three innings. Yeah, that makes the kid like all of a sudden cheer up. Like yeah. we say, we try to say the same things. Don't worry about it. Yeah, doesn't matter. We're gonna score some runs. It's one batter. I like to use an agree one hundred percent with you. I like to use analogies of who's the best. Who's your favorite pitcher? They'll hey. say like Garrett Cole oh. or Jacob Degrom. Me." Guess you know he get guess how many runs he gave up in two two games ago or whatever seven runs yeah yeah no big deal he's the best pitcher in the entire world or uh, on the and the Yankees and you feel yeah I mean you feel at that moment right and I think regardless of we're going to be talking youth as well as adults regardless of age or experience. I think we need to uh, make sure that we, when we talk about this idea of overcoaching, because we are all guilty of it. I am guilty of it. I have been. I've been on the reciprocal side. I recently was on the reciprocal side as I'm learning a new sport. Uh, I really am into this training for the sport that I'm at, uh, which is pickleball. And I received a, a, a an awesome lesson, but information overload. <laughs> I could it's not. It's got to be crazy for you. Because get, which is yes, and get out of my way. And I and I get where sometimes you're you're so excited because you want to tell them more and tell them more and tell them more. I could not focus on one thing. It was really hard. It was really hard. I did. I did go along with it, right? I wanted to be very respectful. But we've all been guilty. We're not coming at it from this critical perspective of like we're going to criticize coaches for overcoaching. Uh, we are coming at it from. Okay, how can we avoid this? Just bring it to people's attention. Right. This is this is why do. we're here, right? This is what we do on this podcast. Because I think that in those moments, either someone thinks they're being helpful yeah. to the kid because you can observe what they're doing wrong and yeah. give them immediate feedback of how to fix it, but <laughs> you're giving them too much thing, too yeah. many things. I'll tell Braden. Yeah. I'll just slap my knee. He yeah. knows what that means. That yeah. means get your knee up. Okay. That's the only instruction I give him. You weren't sideline coaching, were you? <laughs> I'm on the field. So, I mean, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm kidding. Sideline coaching, another subject. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, That's really cool that you have a nonverbal but, but, visual cue without verbalizing just what it means. And he knows 
that it means get your knee up. It, really cool. But, but really we cool. also, I also said to him, I said, listen, bud, you're going to be out there. You're going to get in situations that are uncomfortable. You're going to have to figure out how to yeah. get out of it. Yeah. And, and what can I say? And I'm going to touch on this idea of because your problem solving is absolutely one of those independent traits that as a coach you want your player to be able to handle while they're out there doing whatever sport they're doing uh, or even whether it whether it's a sport or could be uh, artwork, it could be anything really in life, right, Re- related to life and business and being able to pivot and problem solve and, and, and be part of that solution. That's a really important aspect of life is you want to be a part of the solution. So here's a here. Uh, let's, yeah. What is yeah. overcoaching? Yeah. So I think overcoaching to me is as you have uh, said, you once you you once you hear it, you know it. It's it's some. Yeah. It's a coach. Exactly. It's a person. It could be a parent. It could be a friend. It could be anybody. Really. That that's the that's the that's the funny part about it is it could be anybody at any moment telling you to do. Something maybe five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten things when you're trying to just do one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like flooding. What I read that I like was overcoaching involves flooding players with too much information. Totally. <laughs> we refer to it in the business as paralysis by analysis. It, that's exactly what, flooding the brain with too much information and then you freeze. And you can't think of one thing. You can't put your foot, one foot in front of the other. That is your classic overcoaching. Uh, you brought a point up where the coach was. He was. He was. You know. He was very verbal. Yeah. So that I'm going to touch on that. Remind me, because that is also overcoaching. Is a it can come from a certain area in our ego as a response. To something going on in that context, and I, I'm going to get there. That's not on the top of the on, on one of the top reasons why coaches overcoach, um, but it is one of them. Okay, so and I will get to that. I'm going to remind remind you of that. Who okay, does it? I'm excited. We talked about the who. Okay, uh, why? This is why I want to get into why overcoaching happens yeah and it can happen at any stage at any point in a coach's career young old age doesn't matter you could be coaching 40 years you could be coaching four months it happens and as i said i've been guilty of it and i have trained myself uh, to try to prevent that from happening and those are going to be some of the takeaways at the end that hopefully you and i we can help our listeners. Yeah. And exactly. And, for those And whether they're listeners it. or whether they're just a parent, parent. Exactly. And they find themselves because I was I'm not gonna lie, I mean, I was on the court and there was a player coaching one of the other players, and I'm like, whoa, I had to interject. I was I, I, I was listening, I was observing first oh. to just see what the information was that was being relayed, and then I was like, Whoa, whoa, hold on, hold on. Time out. <laughs> we you're you're your intent is correct. However, you got it backward. So I had to get in there and Wait, just... Wait, you were the being taught? No. This was me observing, overhearing uh, two players on the court talk about positioning. Oh, and it was okay. being taught incorrectly from ah. one player. Because this goes to your point of like, you know, your peers can help you more than a coach. 
Well, you'll hear it sometimes, if right? You're a kid. So, well, or or an adult, right? <laughs> no, you're defensive. <laughs> you're pierced, right? <laughs> so, so it, and that's sometimes you know there was over coaching going on from a player peer to peer, player to player perspective, but it was wrong. So I had to step in. I had to of be like, course. let's let's get this on the right track because I want to make sure we're on the same and then page. You just told them to listen to my podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> I did. I, honestly, I I should more. I don't market it. I don't market it enough. I do. I don't market it enough. No one listens. I just, I just actually, <laughs> I just, yeah, I know. I'll I'll I actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do know that because somebody came up to me and was like, you have a podcast. I was like, how do you know? All oh, right. Brad told me. So why does overcoaching happen? <laughs> yes. And I think this, I just had an epiphany right now. <laughs> I so love it. On the one spot. Of, one of the things that we talked about a couple yep. of weeks ago was focusing on the outcome and not the process. What? And, and the first question, yep. and how many times have you seen someone ask your daughters if they won the first time they come back oh, in the game? Yeah. So I've seen it, and I kind of chuckle to myself when yeah. that's the first question yeah. that happens. Yeah. But as coaches, some listen, when our coaches or when our kids win, it's awesome to see their faces. And when they lose, it's awful. Yeah. So we course. like that. We want to deliver that to them. And so how do you do that? You have this inherent pressure to win. Yeah. And the process becomes less important than winning the game because you want the kids to be happy. And it should be about the performance. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's about I mean, your performance, individual, team. If you team. care about winning and making the playoffs for your 9 and 10 and 11-year-olds, like, it's the wrong. But even, yeah. <laughs> it's it, cool, even right? At, yeah, it's it, fun. Of course. It does. Braden has a playoff trophy. Come on, come on. Braden has an all-star trophy. It's in his closet. He doesn't know where it is. Like He doesn't remember that. But even, <laughs> I mean, I can speak to the adult level. Even adults who compete on teams, because I coach teams as well as individuals. You would be an individual, not on a team, but I coach a ton of in, uh, team teams. And, you know, your, your, your message is performance. It's... Focus on the little things and the big things take care of themselves, yeah. you know, and mm -hmm. it's, it's really important to be able to, when you say it, you believe it. And that's because there are, you see coaches at the youth level that believe the progress, that performance, the ability to focus on the little things. And then you see the opposite where you see the coaches who are all about the W and it is, it, it, it just, it's, it, it really sh puts shivers up my back. It, it, it really, I have a reaction that is just like, oh, so man, I, are any of these kids going to still play? We see, I'm lucky enough to see Braden's travel soccer team play different cities. Yeah. And, you know, there are times when I look at the field and I say, well, this is not soccer. This is going to be who has the fastest kids. And the other team just kicked the ball up as far as they can, and the fastest kid would run and get it. Yeah. So our coach was saying, okay, well, this isn't really developing anything. Like, <laughs> right. This is, is developing running. Wrong thing. <laughs> but yeah. they, we lost that game. Yeah. We because were, you couldn't get to the ball. We went on to a smaller field last summer, beat that team like 5 -1. Yeah. It was about the skills. And now I see, I see us playing other teams as they get older. Yeah. And they've been focusing on the process. And as Ben told us, like, he wants to empower the kids to make decisions. Foster soccer. So we had, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Shameless plug for 
our, so, our former uh, guest. So this weekend, our coach couldn't make it at the last minute. Something happened. And like a parent had to coach. Uh-huh. And it was such, I mean, he's a soccer player, but he's never coached the team before. And it was just amazing to see the kids knew exactly what to do. Oh, that's the best. In that moment, yeah. it was a big field. Yeah. I didn't like how big the field was because of different well, you're a it's, parent. It's for, it's, no, no, no. But it's more for a, it's <laughs> no, more for kidding. like nine on nine or eleven yeah, on eleven, yeah. not seven yeah. on seven. Yeah, yeah. And it was just amazing to see how much more our team played as a team and spread out and yeah. passed and knew what to do than the other team. The X's and O's. It was practice. It was awesome. It, was it, so it, it really is cool when you when you can have a sub come in and take over. And the ship is sailing itself because of the coaching. That's a result of the coaching, in my belief. Yeah. That's insane. I mean, that's insane. Let me. I have a. I have an audio clip from oh a boy from a professional Let's coach. See if we can make this. Work. I know. I know. My turn this week. Turn your volume up, everybody. Let's <laughs> stop it. Professional coach in the NHL. I uh, don't want to drop names. He is talking about the idea of overcoaching. And I just want to highlight this 30-second clip because what he says is so powerful, right? Um, so let me play this. Coaching. Uh, players can only absorb so much. And, uh, you know, we talk about having a system in place at a higher level. We talk about a lot of different things. But at the same time, uh, at the NHL level, for example, uh, we may give three or four keys to the game, not 10 or 12, because by the time you get to the 10th or 12th, and they've forgotten the first four and it's reality so you're really key on the most important things that you would like to have your team uh pay attention to and go from there the rest you gotta allow players to have some creativity in their game you gotta allow them to be able to go out there and and use their speed and and, and their skill level by not overthinking we all i like that it it hits the point home where to your point of that coach how is that kid able to pitch if the coach is yelling in his ear to do this, He's, to do that, he has no idea. and he can't, he said six things and he can't remember the first thing. <laughs> Next thing, like that is just complete was, paralysis was, by analysis. I was happy to see, as I have observed other teams, they don't do that. Yeah, and again, it, it may, I don't know this coach. I don't know. It, maybe it's a one-off. Maybe it. Maybe it's just. Yeah, something that occurs more the maybe, frequency, right? Maybe the kid said, "Dad, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Can yeah. you help yeah. me?" Yeah. Right. So here's why coaches overcoach. I want to get to because yeah, I keep wanna, going. I have a few more too. Yeah, there's a lack of belief in themselves as a coach. That's a big one. Okay, they feel that they need to be the loudest room uh, voice in the room because they don't know what they're talking about. I think that's for older, the older kids, because at that point, at that point, they think they're a good coach because they've been coaching for a while. Maybe trust me, there are coaches in my field that are inexperienced. Ooh. And they're just saying stuff because they don't know. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, I know. I know one of those. Okay, and then there is. This could be related to that coach and that kid. He doesn't believe in his athlete. He doesn't feel he he's not able to sit back and trust that this kid can throw a strike. Okay, so there's that. So that yeah, he's trying a, to yes as a observer who can see what he's doing or not he's doing. giving that and he's probably giving he's amazing trying, advice trying to, well in practice right, right? well, well that right so so yes amazing advice just the context the timing is not right okay uh I, also 
I want to talk, this is the one that I said, sorry. Uh, the idea of a coach who is being evaluated or assessed or feels that they need to be seen or heard because they feel they're in the spotlight. And coaches can sometimes, based on where you live, based on your geographic region, based on your constituents of clients, sometimes somebody who's an observer as a parent uh, or just a bystander might not hear the coach and might go, is that guy coaching? <laughs> so what happens is you tend to overcoach. As like a... Hey, everyone, listen to me. I'm the coach exactly. on, this, on this field. <laughs> exactly. So there, there, you have to be able to be comfortable with messiness, with not saying anything, with saying something at the right moment, yeah, at the right time. Be, be confident enough that the parent, if they're going to unload on you after the lesson, for example, what are you doing? You're not even coaching my kid, for example. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. would you like to sit down for five minutes and talk about my philosophy? I'll explain it to you exactly. what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Thank you for making a yeah. conclusion with all of the information. Yeah. The one the one that I like is, yeah. okay, so there's two of them that I want to bring up, is they don't even realize they're doing it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> because, well, what do you mean? Like, no one's ever said to them that, Okay, you know what you're doing is like you're literally giving that kid way too much information. Way too much. But no one said it to them That's because right. it's, you don't want to, people still feel uncomfortable telling somebody else, hey, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, there's a way to do that so it yes. doesn't come across as passive aggressive or someone won't get defensive theoretically. Maybe you just say, hey, I've noticed that. You seem to giving a lot of instructions. Like, can you help me understand yeah. what your philosophy is? Is that coach open to feedback? Yeah, you know that's know. important to know. I am one that's open to feedback. So, what happened after one of my practices last week, which was in my book, from my perspective, it was great. I got feedback. It was awesome. I got two players that said they didn't mix enough. What did we do? You fix it. Yeah. You mix it. Yeah. You, but you have to be open to hearing that feedback and be willing to change that and to improve on that. You have given me feedback. I have had feedback from my wife. I have had feedback from my kids. You have to be, you have to have the mindset to want to hear, but you also have, it's a two way street. They need to know that I'm open to feedback. Yeah, that's true. Right. I think, I think, the other one is, is as I'm, I don't know if you've experienced this as a parent, but especially in baseball, yeah. if the coaches aren't saying something that is kind of a very dull sport, it's like, what's going <laughs> on here? And the coach feels like they have to say something, right? Like, yeah. okay, well, I got it. Um, he's thrown seven balls in a row. Maybe I should say something <laughs> and not just go get him. Jack? But look at but look at the managers <laughs> at the pro level. They're just sitting there chewing gum or spitting seeds. They're well, not saying a thing because they, that's that's different. Come it's on. not that's professional, it's, no, but it's not. It's the same thing. But <laughs> over, I'll, I'll show overcoaching would happen in practice there. But I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna highlight the reason it's very pertinent because a lot of little league World Series players have gone into be major league baseball players. A lot. I think it's. 
I would say of handful. I I would say I don't know the it's, number. It's, it's easier, but to there, get it has by, been known. It has been known. It's easier to get struck by lightning. I think the coaching is <laughs> should be the same no matter what level you're at. Obviously, there's uh, there are differences. However, there's a ton of similarities. Okay, so in the can, way you coach, I can scream at the ump from the dugout. I'm kidding. I, I'm kidding. Yeah, don't go there. Don't go there. Come on, John. That was two <laughs> inches outside. What are you doing? Oh yeah, don't go there. To the 14-year-old umpire that just came in on his skateboard. Yeah, that's volunteering his time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, but there's other situations where sometimes, like, a kid genuinely doesn't know what to do. And so sometimes you have to... My daughter in softball. Shout. I don't, I don't want to say shout. You're shouting because they're far away. Yeah. You're instructing them. For, the first thing I do, though... And this is where I'm going to interject my coaching philosophy. Love it. If that's okay. Please shed light on this. So this is a quote by Benjamin Franklin. And this is coaching. This is mentoring. This is any. This is parenting. You can use this for anything. And I love it. And this is my coaching philosophy, my life philosophy at work when I'm mentoring folks. So he said, tell me and I forget. Teach me. And I remember. Yep. Involve me and I learn. And involve me, then you can teach somebody else. Theoretically, eventually, yes. Because you've learned. That's the whole point. So the my purpose, philosophy one of the purposes. Of my coaching. philosophy, and I'm kind of getting off subject here, is no, no, not at all. Is in coaching and, and I try to encourage our other coaches to do the same thing. Is okay. First and second, Jim. What do we do here if the ball's on the ground? And I want them to give me the answer. And I might have said this before, so apologies if I'm repeating myself. All good. All good. But sometimes the kid doesn't know what to do, and I only right. have, like, one more second before the pitch comes. So yeah. I need to yeah. shout an instruction yeah. at yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. So. Possibly. I mean, hopefully someone doesn't think I'm overcoaching. Yeah. But. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like to try to involve my players and not say, hey, plays at first. I'll say, hey, Matt. Tell infield where the play is. Infield, where's the play? And sometimes they get it wrong. That's great. And I like the way you approach when that. When they get it wrong, that's awesome. You have to interject so because in case they get the ball, they don't do the wrong thing. Actually, it doesn't matter if they do the wrong thing. Yeah. But I'm just trying to get them to the point of at the end of the season or at some point in their baseball career, they will know what to do without thinking about it. Yeah. Oh, first and second? Oh, it's like right. two plus two, four. Okay, I got it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I love their approach to that, though. Getting the other players involved to think, to help, to encourage. That's really cool. Um, so, I, yeah, I'm, like, I'm like, I'm kind of blown away. Like, that's really high level. It's cool. I mean, no, but you ask me questions on the tennis court. Of course, and yes. And trying to... Sometimes I don't understand where you're coming from. With give me a, give question. me a lot of looks. Give me a lot of looks. Give me a lot of <laughs> like no no no. Stomping. I'm go, I'm go two steps back. <laughs> My footwork is terrible. Stop talking. You, about you this need thing. to see his mannerisms <laughs> right now with the hands. I mean, I'm like I'm on. Man. It's like what, <laughs> oh my gosh. What language was that? <laughs> that was, yeah, right. For all my Italian followers, <laughs> that was the uh, oh American Italian hands <laughs> in the air. <laughs> It's <laughs> great. So we should okay. video this once. So I think. Show everybody. So then, okay. So for everyone who's seen this before, like 
what what is the outcome right of overcoaching and it happens and I'll use I keep thinking about baseball because it's it's happened recently yeah yeah and you see it the ball the coaches were shouting instructions okay infield plays it whatever right and the ball gets hit to the kid and he freezes and he holds the ball up he doesn't know what he's supposed to do and the other team just keeps running (laughs) (laughs) because the coaches can see (laughs) that the kid doesn't know what to do and he's frozen yeah like i'm sorry I'm not going to tell yeah. my kid not to run. Yeah. So. <laughs> By the way, so, did you know that baseball is one of those sports that's considered open-ended? What is that? What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. So it's open-ended. It's not like swimming or gymnastics. There's multiple situations that can occur, and there's multiple outcomes that you can choose to uh, go down, uh, happen, if that makes sense. So swimming, you swim, and you Get to the wall, and you come back. Yeah, it's very closed. Gymnastics, you do certain moves. That's it. You get a score. Yeah, but it's subjective. You can't. That's different. No, no, no. So there are open-ended sports, and there are closed-end sports like football. Open-ended. You can improvise. There are multiple. I've never heard choices. I know. Well, you you wouldn't. You wouldn't know that. Um, It's more so in the coaching world, but that's where. You know, you have to help that child that player understand what are the choices i need to make you involve them yeah and they learn yeah okay so (laughs) we've all seen this before they freeze they get confused they get nervous yeah and unfortunately they're they're not we're not teaching them to make their own decisions right and in reality the that's the whole point of the coach and as you heard Ben talk about last yes. week, he wants to empower his kids to be able to make decisions. That's right. And, and it's, it's very much like when, when your son is on the tennis court with me because he's able to freestyle and he's able to come up with these specific shots that I would never start to technically and tactically include in a lesson. And his, his ability to on the fly, think drop shot here or think lob here at his age is just mind-blowing. It's the coolest <laughs> thing ever because you're like, you oh, do not want to discourage that one second. This isn't, you're Even in, though we're working on forehands. I know you're not supposed <laughs> to, but you're encouraging me as a parent. You're making, you're patting me on the back because <laughs> I, I, I yeah. involve him in yeah. every, that philosophy I just read is in everything I do. Yeah. All the kids, every single day. And for me, I do, as a coach... There's no way I'm going to stop that and discourage him from that and say we need to be on task because part of sense. being a great coach is being allow allowing your players to come up with creativity, to have a mind on their own. If you if you if you listen and you know John McEnroe, remember the way he stood at the baseline when he served. He stood, stood completely parallel to the baseline, looking away from the net. Nobody teaches that. But you know <laughs> yeah. what he said when he was asked why he did that? Because no. there was a purpose. He said, I was too weak. I, I needed more power. <laughs> so he turned away from the net to get more. I mean, it made, and he, a signature serve that's, that that's, everybody knows if he, you're a tennis player. That's amazing. He problem solved himself. Yeah, exactly. And we want to encourage that as a coach and we have 
I mean, I, I know you have takeaways, how to avoid overcoaching, being a parent, being a coach. I have three really important takeaways because we could go on and on about this, right? Well, the one thing I want to talk about, though, before I don't consider this overcoaching. So yep. you can tell the pitcher's struggling. Yep. You can tell someone's kind of, you know, down on themselves on the field. You know, if you're a doubles partner, for example, actually in tennis on during the match, you're not allowed to say anything. So it's a bad example. But I think <laughs> it's okay it. to, yeah. to yeah. overcoach the other teammates to encourage the, the pitcher, for example. Oh, so yes. I use oh, that yes. One. That was, yes. When hey, we were infield, in the, let's hear some chatter for the oh, pitcher, yes. right? That was big when we were, yeah, when I was in the infield. I don't consider, they're yeah. not, that is something that, I don't know, I don't think of it the same way as decision-making, problem-solving. That's just bringing it from their, the back of their mind to the front of their mind. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good idea, coach. And we're then gonna, they'll yeah, do it. Yeah, support, encourage. So, I don't, before we, what can we learn, I just... Wanted to introduce. Yeah, no, I love it. That one. Please. And, oh, by the way, when I try to do something on creative on the tennis court, you tell me not to do it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Situational. <laughs> Again, open-ended. Okay, open-ended. Wrong open-end there. Wrong street to go down. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Okay. But there's, again, we are not coming at this from, like, overcoaching is the worst thing. It happens to everybody. It's It happens. It, it's out there. What we want to do is learn from it and to get better. That's what yeah. we're all about here at Dads, Dudes, and Coaches. So I've got three things, three takeaways that can help you to remember. Maybe you need to give somebody a nudge, your husband, your wife, whoever it is, your kid, because overcoaching can happen to anybody. Yeah. Um, to your fellow coach. You might be sitting on the bench. You're like, just dude, just sit back and relax. They got it. Um, here's one. I said it before. I'll say it again. You got to be selfless. It's not about you when you're a coach. It's all about your players, okay? You put your ego, you put it right in the back pocket, and I can't tell you the number of times that I've had to hold my tongue when I wanted to say something. But you have to, you, you really want to interject. It's not about you, though. You have to remember that. It's all about them, and what do we want them to do? We want them to be problem solvers. Okay. Well, that's true, and we also don't want to embarrass them by exactly. interjecting sometimes. Exactly. exactly. Or, or in in the moment we make an emotional decision because we're emotional creatures, and afterwards we think oh, maybe yeah. that was a wrong decision in yeah. front of all of the kids to act like that. So, and the <laughs> amount of times I've we had that's just another yes. reason to just okay, yes, chill, bro. And people who have wanted <laughs> feedback, and then they come back to me and say, you know what? And I'll ask them a question. I won't give them feedback and then they're really upset. And then they come back to me and they're like, wait, I there was a couple things I saw or they figured it out on their own. Yes. And then we that. need to work on this. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Now the <laughs> I other that 15 minutes ago, but <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the second thing is that when you're a coach, you have to understand that mistakes, we need to understand that mistakes are just proof you are trying. Okay. If you don't fail, you'll never, literally, right. you'll never. Failing learn. is learning. Yeah. And having that mindset to understand that is key. It, and even you don't walk like, out and just go, okay, I'm going to win or I'm going to be successful. But even if you're, even if you're losing because you're failing, you're learning how to fail. So because yes, you're going to have failures in life. If you can get the process of dealing with that out of the way, or 
you can learn a process for dealing with that. When you're young, it won't be like a nightmare situation. Right. When you're 23 years old and you get cut, you know, from a team or right. Right. You, you don't get the job you want or something, you know, like. That's learn whole- from your failures. Learn from your victories. Exactly. Got to. You got to. You learn both ways. Okay. And last, what do we want to do as a coach? We want to inspire through action, doing the right thing, practicing the right thing, being positive the way you were, and having the right attitude. Empower your students, your players, care for them, and you'll bring it. I'm telling you, you're going to bring out the best in what they want to do and what they want to be, who they want to be. The last thing I want to say is one of the results of overcoaching is eventually if you have someone who's overcoached all the time, they'll stop having fun. Oh, yeah. And if, there's, yeah. if they stop having fun, which is the number one thing at this age you want your kids to have, yeah. fun, yep. they will quit. Yep, yep. So it's, just remember We don't want that. This Whether is, you're a kid or a child this, or an adult. This is all about fun, everybody. Growing the game. Growing hope, the hope game. You, hope you enjoyed. That was fun. Less is more, right? Less is more. <laughs> Big life lesson right there, especially for coaches. This has been fun. Should, we we could talk about all should day. Should we give a monetary contribution if someone makes a comment? <laughs> <laughs> right. We will bribe you. We will bribe you. Tell us. Be the first one. We'll give you 20 bucks. We'll send you a tennis racket. <laughs> Love it, buddy. Good to be back here in the studio. That's it for us at Dads, Dudes, and Coaches. Thank you for hanging with us. We had an awesome time. We hope you enjoyed listening. You got a comment, suggestion, question, anything you want us to cover? DM us, Instagram, SC Trojan Brad, or Jeff Laconte Tennis. Until next time, keep it real, keep improving, keep doing better. See ya. Peace.